Welcome to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs go from scattered to streamlined in their creative businesses. I'm your host, Dolly DeLong, a wife, a mom, and a photographer turned systems educator. Join me every week as we have conversations centered around creating tactical workflows and automations in your business. Now, let's make some strategic workflow magic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. I am your Systems and Workflow BFF, Dolly, and this is episode 85, but part two of the Growing Your Email List series featuring Megan Ward. And we are going to be diving into just like some pain points of growing your email list. Megan, you're going to laugh at me. For some reason, I like saw the word pain points and I thought of the the sitcom Growing Pains. I know, like so, so like random. You're anyways. aging. Well, you're aging us now. So yeah. some of the younger listeners are going to be like, what? Growing Pains? Mike Seaver, what? <laughs> anyways, so today's episode is going to be Jam packed because, like, as we right before we hit record, we were just discussing all of these points. We were adding more to them. We, as we were like thinking of new ones, and so I want to encourage listener, like, you may want to listen to this episode several times, take notes, and just see like what pain points hit you the most because, like, you may need to like face these pain points and see how you can get over the hump of this pain point so that you can grow your email list effectively, strategically. And yeah, so let's just dive in, Megan. Well, and you mentioned, Dolly, when you mentioned growing pains, we are going to talk about that a little bit in another episode too, because there are some growing pains that can come along with growing your email list. But before you get to that point, one of your challenges that we all face as business owners is how are we going to reach a wider audience to attract new subscribers? And it can feel incredibly daunting. And sometimes we don't know where the heck to start. So I know that that is a big pain point and sometimes can be a total roadblock. And then you just kind of freeze and say, well, I'm not going to do that because it just feels like too much. I've got too much other on my plate. I'm too busy with other things. Yeah, and kind of going along the lines of that limited reach, which is definitely a pain point for sure. I'm, I have experienced that pain point. I know you have experienced that pain point as well, Megan. And for me, my my mindset around that is, well, I just don't have a big enough marketing budget to do Facebook ads or meta ads. So of course, like all of these other people are going to have a wider reach than me because I am to be completely honest to the listeners, I am doing everything organically. I am not depending on meta ads to grow my list yet. And I am still at the organic stage of my business. And so I want you all to know, like, it is possible to grow your email list organically, but it does feel like it it, it does feel very limited at times. Yes. And but and to to go off of that, I, too, have grown my list pretty much all organically. I just started running some ads very, very recently. It's too early to tell if it's making a difference. Um, But everything I have grown so far has been 
organic. And the same for my clients too that you heard about in the last episode who didn't have much of an email list at all but had this massive social following. They cannot even run ads. They are a true crime podcast. And I guess because of the nature of everything, Meta shut them down a long time ago and will not even let them have an ads account. So they can't. So, you know, there is no paid ads anywhere. Yeah. That's not even a possibility for them. So we had to be very strategic and and grow organically for them. Um, so that's just to say, it's like Dolly said, it's very possible. Yeah. And we're, I know we're going to hit up on this in another point, but like limited reach and limited time can go hand in hand together. Yes. So you may have limited time with like where you want to show up because I know the more like quote unquote more time you may feel like you have you could you may be thinking well then of course I can be on Instagram and and TikTok and Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest and YouTube and do podcast interviews or host my own podcast like and then of course my email list will grow but um, I know that this this may sound discouraging but hear me out like listeners hear me out like you have to really be strategic where you show up, where you decide to show up on your business. And it is true. Like the more platforms you are on, you have the potential to grow your email list even more because you're reaching more people organically on those different platforms. But I'm not, I'm not encouraging. I don't want you to hear me and then say, well, Dolly suggested I need to be on more platforms so I can reach more people. I'm just saying like that will naturally happen. Like the more platforms you are on, but don't stretch yourself out too Mm -hmm. thin. I know I'm like saying two different things, but I want you to see it from both sides. Well, and don't, I'm going to get on a soapbox. Yeah. Trying to go viral just to go viral because what goes viral may be something that has nothing to do with your business, does not bring in the right audience, and you don't want to get stuck with all these random stranger followers that aren't, you know, your ideal audience that aren't going to buy from you. They thought your one video was hilarious and that's fine, but just trying to chase that, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't don't like the idea of chasing something viral. That's just not me. Um, And and not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but just be very careful what you're putting out there as far as, is it truly going to move the needle in your business? Is it truly going to bring in the right people? Yeah, I love that you shared that so much. So, like, I guess with this, like, just be very strategic about where you decide to show up. And you might be brand new in your business and you might be thinking, well, I don't know where my audience is coming from. And that kind of leads me into point two, like, like the reason why you may be feeling some pain points and growing out your email list is just not knowing how to read your conversion rates like you have no idea like where your audience like your new leads are coming from where your your cold leads are coming from and so or you also like don't really understand like the importance of setting up tracking through Google Analytics or you haven't set up a Facebook pixel code and to go along with that dolly of tracking and knowing where that traffic is coming from Um, You can, let's say, just for example, I know we talk about organic, but for example, you're running Facebook ads. You might want to run those to a very specific page and then have a very specific tag or segment inside your email marketing provider 
for people that sign up on that page because that's going to give you even more data. You can look at Google Analytics. This is how many people, say a thousand people landed on this website this week from those Facebook ads. Then you can go in your email marketing provider and say, look, I had 500 people sign up just this week. So it's a very basic, simple example um, just for the people that don't like to do math. And it's a little too early in the day for me to be doing math anyway. <laughs> but, you know, so there you go. There's a 50% conversion rate. So you can really get a good idea there. So it is a good idea to already have all of that set up too. But Another pain point that goes along with this is if you see low conversion rates. So let's mm -hmm. say you had a thousand people come in and then you only had a hundred people sign up. That's 10%. No, that's not 10%. That is 10%. Yeah, that is 10%. <laughs> I told y'all too early Hashtag to be doing math. math today. And I'm actually pretty good at math, but not this early. I need more caffeine. But um, having those low conversion rates can feel it can feel daunting it can feel discouraging maybe yes but i want also 10% is a really good conversion rate for a landing page so go in knowing that but you're like a thousand people and only a hundred of them well that it's pretty good conversion rate but there's things you can look at to tweak so if you want to improve that so you know Imp think about can i yeah i was going to jump in and say like from a I'm putting on my branding photographer hat right near, like uh, as far as imagery goes or as far as like whatever, how everything looks like visually on your page, that could be a factor why mm -hmm. it's not converting. And keeping your copy very clear too, because mm -hmm. I have seen some really not so cute landing pages, but their message is clear. Their copy is clear. They have a very clear headline. It's very bold. Maybe they have a really solid sub headline. And then the sign-up form. And that's really, I mean, technically that's all you need. And some mm -hmm. imagery, like you said, of maybe it's a mock-up of a PDF that you created. And just having those very basic things on there is that's truly all you need for, mm -hmm. you know, a solid landing page. I would say something that I noticed about really great landing pages that I know a lot of people talk about the importance of this. And this is so true. You need to provide a transformation mm -hmm. statement of why this client who is a potential client or potential lead who's landing on your landing page, no pun intended, like why do they need to exchange their email address for your, your PDF or your freebie or whatever lead magnet you are offering to them? Invite them to know the transformation that they are going to experience instead of having like fluff copy, like cutesy copy or like funny copy, witty copy, or copy that is industry jargon that they may not understand, but you think, oh, this is so clear. Exactly. And I know that our copywriter friend, Emily, hey, Emily, if you're tuning hey, Emily. in, and she really talks about having those so that statements. So grab this thing, this free thing, so that you can do X, Y, Z, you know. Um, and that is a transformational statement and yeah. telling them what it's going to do for them. So there's not just like one reason why there is going to be a low conversion rate for growing your email list. There might be multi, like multifaceted reasons. And this is why like 
we look at email marketing, growing your list as the long game and to give yourself time to tweak that copy and then to test it out and then tweak even like the landing page speed load, like how it loads up yes, can be a huge factor as well. So give it like, I know that there are websites that test out the speed of mm-hmm. your website. So test that out. And then also like test out the visuals, like maybe swap out some visuals like every quarter just to see if that could affect the conversion rate as well. And you need to let it sit. And I've said this before, let it sit and percolate, as my grandmother would say, <laughs> our old coffee, coffee maker. Um, but you do have to let it sit and work and really watch because just taking one week's data it's not going to be enough necessarily. Yeah. You need to watch and see because you might have more traffic come through on week two, three, or four. And also installing something like heat maps. Yeah. Um, that is very beneficial as well. There's a couple of places that have heat map capability that's very easy to use and it's free to install on a landing page. So you can really watch where people are clicking, where they're scrolling, where they're stopping and exiting yeah. out. At what point are they ac- just exiting? Because um, you might see them scrolling and suddenly they're like, not interested. So then you need to look back and say, okay, I need to work on my headline. I need to work on that above the fold area, which is the what you see when you first land on the page so that you can better improve that landing page. Yeah. And like Megan was sharing, like do do this like one step at a time. Yes. Don't, don't like fix all the things and then you won't know exactly like what you tweaked to help like leverage your conversion rate mm-hmm. to be higher. Yeah. But if you're tweaking just one little small thing at a time and it starts to improve, you know, hey, maybe that was the problem. Yeah. And then maybe later you're like, okay, I'm going to tweak this other thing and see if that also improves. Yeah. So I'm going to give you all an example of um, low conversion rates. Um I actually, no, maybe this doesn't really go well with low conversion rate example, but this just came to my head and I wanted to encourage you all. So I, earlier this year, as you may or may not know, I led the Systems and Workflow Magic Bundle. So the 2.0 version, this was way before my 3.0 version, the Summit. And I had a landing page all about the, I'm calling it the Funnel Bundle. And I decided to do some testing on it as well. And Megan knows the numbers behind all of this because I shared all of this information with her because she was helping me out with conversion rate. And I actually had a very high, for me, for my size of business, I had a very high conversion rate. And the copy was very, like, it communicated exactly what, this bundle was about what the transformation promised. Um, But it wasn't a copy problem. It wasn't an image problem. It was a, I wasn't getting enough traffic to the landing page because my audience, like again, that limited reach, I had a very Mm -hmm. limited reach of, because I wasn't doing ads of any kind. So there are like little, like I just want to kind of like help you all piecemeal this together and, in your mind, like a puzzle piece, like sometimes a lever or a puzzle piece you may need is more traffic to to widen your reach, kind of like point one, widen your reach so that you can have a higher conversion rate and to like better impact your bottom line of your em- email list. In collaboration with email marketing strategist and digital marketing educator, Megan Ward, we are putting together a bundle intensive 
for anyone that has interest in running their own bundle, free or paid. Inside, we will teach and share all the nitty gritty details about what is involved with organizing a bundle, how to put the systems and workflows together in a cohesive way, and how to launch a bundle that your audience is raving about. Also, inside this strategic bundle intensive, you will not only get access to Dolly and Megan to help you put together your entire bundle, but you will get templates, graphics, a marketing calendar tool, and learn all the best practices for a bundle that both purchasers and contributors love. Now, this intensive will not be going live until August of 2023, but we really want to make sure you get on the wait list now as spots will be limited and we will open the doors to the wait list first. So if you want to be the first to know when this program turns cart open, then make sure and hop on the wait list. Both Megan and I are so excited for you to grow your email list with intentional systems, workflows, and email marketing. So head on over to the show notes in this episode to go straight to our waitlist for all the information you need to learn about the bundle intensive today. One thing that many business owners forget about are the multitude and types of emails that you need for a successful bundle. And that's why Dolly brought me along to give you all of the email tools you can need from pre-launch emails to bundle email swipe copy for your contributors, even abandoned cart sequences, and how to continue and nurture those subscribers or those purchasers after the bundle has ended. And when we start the program, we will be hosting bi-weekly meetings, Q&A sessions, and having a Slack channel as well as we move throughout the intensive to fully support you as you put together your own bundle. And another point to bring up is being afraid to sound annoying or afraid to sound too salesy. I hear that a lot. I actually have on my wall a list of roadblocks and struggles and pain points where I've surveyed my audience. And it literally says that on here so many times. It says, feel, I feel too salesy. I'm not confident enough to start selling to my audience. And the thing is, when someone gets on your email list, they should have a really good idea that eventually you are going to sell to them. So it should be known that you're going to. So I don't want you to just get caught up in that and not do it for that reason. Mm-hmm. And y'all, like we have to remember, like we are all in our businesses for a purpose and for a reason. And having an email list is just like a little slice of the pie of our of our business. Like, and we, we need to like operate our business. We need to create an income. We need to make money to better impact the bottom line of our business. And so if you are so like, here's how I think of it too. Like the opinions of other people, that's not going to pay like your family's income or the bottom line at all. So I got my very first, I called it my very first mean email. And I know that I know that some people are probably like, you've never gotten one before. (laughs) It's true. I think most people are like, I just am not into this anymore. I'm going to unsubscribe. And they just let themselves out the door without making a fuss. And I got my first email, um, mean email from a guy. And at first I was like, 
who do you think you are? Which, by the way, who do you think you are? Just or you could have just unsubscribed Excuse and moved me. along. But whatever it was, I said it hit a nerve with him. And he wanted to make a point to tell me something that I was doing wrong in my business before he unsubscribed. So it's going to happen. Did I reply? No. Was he worth my time? No. And so that's why I didn't. It's not worth your time and your energy to be upset about any of that stuff. So you just have to grow a little bit thicker skin about those kind of things and just move on. Just delete the email and move along. (laughs) And think about it this way. Like, would you, like, would that person ever say that to your face? Probably not. Mm -mm. So it, it probably means like they are too cowardly afraid what what insecure there might be something going on in their own life that they feel like oh i need to lash out in some weird way uh-huh. through email where they can't see me but they're, they're still reading my words so like just i look at that as some weird insecure what insecurity and what do we say hurt people hurt hurt people, people. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah just so and you have full permission if you have some negative people on your email list who are like writing back after you send an email and it's making you feel insecure about growing out your email list. It's making you question, why do I have an email list? And it's you narrowed into, well, I got one or two negative comments back. Well, you have full permission to delete mm-hmm. them from your email list. Mm-hmm. So say you have a thousand people on your email list and you get one bad email. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. That's like a very tiny percentage of your email list. That's one person who may have been having. Yes. And they may have been having a really bad day. So just brush it under the rug and move along. Yeah. And maybe like just send a screenshot of it to your biz bestie and just like laugh it off or like I do this with Megan all the time (laughs) you can vent yeah find somebody you can vent to (laughs) yeah and we just have to laugh it off and be like well Mm -hmm. I bet they're just having a bad day and just in your mind giving them the benefit of the doubt and then just delete and unsubscribe for them help them out the door yep so another thing that I know is a, a roadblock as well is not knowing exactly what to create as an effective opt-in or lead magnet. And we're probably going to talk even more Mm -hmm. in depth about that throughout the series. Um, But that is, that goes along also with a lack of clear purpose. So I'm going to combine these, Dolly, a little bit. It's a lack of strategy. Um, If you don't have in place your end offers or your end results that you want to provide, um, Without this, you might not have a lead magnet that is leading your subscribers on the journey toward those paid offers. I'm going to use an example because I just created a new lead magnet fairly recently because I slightly pivoted to also offer products to help business owners create their first digital product. So all my lead magnets are email marketing only related. So I needed one to take them on this journey of digital products. So what I created was a list of 80 digital product ideas. Otherwise, those other lead magnets wouldn't have fit well as I have pivoted slightly to offer this additional um, product line. And so now I have an entire group of people that want to learn more about creating digital products and I have them segmented a certain way in my email marketing provider. So as you're thinking about creating your lead magnet and your opt-in, I know that sometimes it can feel like, well, I don't know what to create. We'll start at the end. 
what are you going to sell to them? And then start working your way backwards and find something that can be an invitation to them, an opening in a way. Yeah. I I know another point of this could be a limited belief about uh, a pain point about growing your email list is just thinking about time constraints. Mm-hmm. You're worried you don't have enough time to devote to list building. And you all, this is actually a very valid point because a lot of us are not only juggling owning our own businesses. This may be a first time venture for you. You may be a spouse. You may have children, you you are juggling a lot of responsibilities. And then to add this, you might feel like it's a pressure of, oh, okay, great. Now I have to grow out an email list because Megan and Dolly are telling me I have to grow an email list, but how? where am I going to find the time to do that? And I, and I do want to encourage you to listen in to, um, I forget the episode number, but I'll link it in the show notes, but it, it featured Anna D. Cornick and she, she is a time management coach and she spoke about, she speaks about um, these time management tip, tips and hacks that she offers to all types of business owners on finding time to devote to growing out their email list. But I will say this, if you, I know everybody has at least I'm not trying to like minimize this, but everybody has at least one hour a week, like mm-hmm. extra per week to do something. And can you at least devote starting out one hour in your business work hours, business work week to dedicate to laying out a foundation for growing you, out your email list? Do you know what I did recently? Well, it was it was before um, the winter holidays, Christmas holiday to create more time because I knew I had something on my phone that I knew was sucking my time and it was TikTok. Now, I'm not telling y'all what to do. I'm not saying go delete TikTok. I'm just saying if you're like Megan and you have something that you find yourself scrolling a little too much, um, take it off your phone. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, But really just, and it may be something else totally different that has nothing to do with social media, but I did. I found myself scrolling way too much. I would get sucked in and like, and it usually started because somebody sent me a funny one and they're like, oh my gosh, you can relate to this. You're going to love this nineties reference and whatever it was. And then what did I do? I kept scrolling. I didn't watch the one and move along with my life. I kept scrolling. So it was a problem. I admit it. And then I just removed it completely from my phone and I found myself being so much more productive. So I'm not telling you what to do, but (laughs) if you have something like that, you know, maybe maybe you need to manage your time a little better <laughs> like I did. <laughs> oh, well, one thing I do, Megan, as a mom, because I know a lot of my listeners are moms who are also running a business, who are also managing their household, like all the hats. At the beginning of every quarter, I reassess like my, my husband's schedule, my schedule, any work-related events I know I have on my planner, my son's school schedules, and I then that way I create a new working schedule for me at the, again, I reassess this every single quarter. So not at the beginning of the year, because not every week and not every month is going to be the same for me. And I know it's the same for you, Megan. Like we constantly are reassessing like, okay, where can I devote time to 
like build my email list, build my business, not just like work one-on-one with clients and do photography and then do systems and workflow education, but where can I actually do the long-term game of building out my email list? And so again, it's going in and reassessing your schedules. Yes, absolutely. Now, I know there's one other pain point that we wanted to make sure that we touched on today, and that is cost. And I know some email marketing uh, providers do charge a fee, obviously, but there's some that are free. So Mm -hmm. I don't want that to be a barrier in your way if you are just starting out, if you don't have a huge budget yet. It's okay to just go try out. MailerLite is one that I highly recommend to get started with. Um, but ConvertKit, and I'm not sure what Flowdesk's current monthly yeah. charge is, but I don't think it's terribly expensive. It's, it's not. I, I think in comparison to others, it's 30 – well, I got in on the beta plan, but it's $38 a month. Okay. Which can seem pretty steep, but I do have a code for 50% off. Oh, you um, better take that, that then. Yeah, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. But I know you are a ConvertKit mm-hmm. user. And it's been wonderful for you. Yes, I do really like it. And a lot of my clients use it as well. Um, and I think maybe that's why they come and find me because they know that I know the ins and outs of ConvertKit. But yeah, I really like it. It's very user-friendly. And it does have a little bit more robust features and integrations so that as you grow, you can begin to... Um, just grow into that and you're already there. I actually follow someone um, that is, she's moving, she has a pretty large email list and she is leaving active campaign and coming back to ConvertKit because wow. she's not happy at active campaign. So, you know what? I, I've heard a lot of negative things about active campaign. I've heard a lot of issues in the last nine to 12 months that people are having and people are just, they're like, it's not worth it. You're, you know, causing me problems in my own business. So ConvertKit is actually bringing in even more new features that are really Mm -hmm. cool that I'm really enjoying right now. They've got, it's called the creator network Mm -hmm. and I'm getting several new subscribers a day just from being inside that creative network and it's other ConvertKit users that are sharing me to the world and you know I'm doing the same and and putting them in front of my subscribers as well so it's really cool so you um, may give it a give can it a I look. share can you share your convert kit link with the do that would they get a discount for they might we'll put it okay. I, if if there is one we'll make sure Dolly has that and put it in the notes okay. but yes I do have a link that I can share so if anybody is okay. interested Okay, great. Because I want everybody to have some sort of option to look at just in case now you are like, okay, okay, like you've convinced me I need to start growing out my email list. Okay, then we're giving you, we gave you like three options like MailerLite, mm-hmm. ConvertKit, Flowdesk, MailChimp is another option as well. So it's really dependent upon your budget, your business budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are there are ways to, to grow your email list that, that can your budget. And if any of you have ever heard me complain about MailChimp, I take some of it back because they have gotten better. I don't okay, know if good. anybody's checked it out in the last year or so, but and I don't remember if they've been purchased by Intuit, who also runs like TurboTax and some of these other programs. And you, if anybody's ever used TurboTax in the U.S. to do their taxes, it is very user-friendly. It, it prompts you. And I think that they have gotten a hold of MailChimp 
and things are a lot it's just becoming more user-friendly again it used to be back in the day then it got real clunky and you couldn't find anything but it's starting to get a lot better i've been in there a couple times for a couple of clients and i was like i was really dreading it and then i got in there and i was like this is getting better so (laughs) don't discount it they have another they have a free option available as well if you wanted to start out with that too and I do know that if you are listening in and you already have like a, a product or a service that's based on a teaching platform like Kajabi or Podia, I know that they have um, email marketing options within their own platform as well. So don't feel like you have to go out and buy a whole new email service provider. See like your tech stack, see within your tech stack if you can utilize what you already have. Absolutely. Well, Dolly, I know in our next episode, which will be episode 86, um, we're going to really talk about shifting um, our mindsets and undoing some myths that surround growing an email list. Yeah. Yeah. Megan, I am so thankful that you came on again to just share these seven different points of like pain points about growing your email list. And in recap, if you are taking notes, like here are some pain points we discussed. I'm thinking about having a limited reach because I know that's a big challenge for a lot of business owners. Um, fearing low conversion rates, not knowing like why you are experiencing lower conversion rates. And Megan and I shared some factors that may play into that. Um, you may be afraid, point three, you may be afraid to sound annoying or sound too salesy or even sounding too spammy. And so those are all valid points, but we shared again, like some mindset shifts to make um, when it comes to sounding annoying or salesy. And then point four, not knowing exactly what to create as an effective opt-in or lead magnet, not having a clear strategy or purpose. Point five, point six, time constraints. You may feel like you may not have enough time to dedicate to growing your email list. So why even start? And then, of course, the last point, um, costs. Like you don't know how to budget in an email service provider within your own cost of doing business. So these are some um, points that might be a pain point in starting to grow your email list. And if any of these resonate, we would love to know. So please feel free to DM us on Instagram and let us know if any of this resonated with with you. And we are so excited to come back next week on episode 86. And make sure you go to the show notes for all the links mentioned. I know Megan has some great freebies to share and I, I do as well. So just go to the show notes and get all the gold. All right. And until then, you have a streamlined and magical week. You amazing muggle you. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. You can find full show notes from today's episode at dollydelongphotography.com forward slash podcast. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you'd subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Be sure to screenshot this episode, share it to your stories, and tag me at dollydelongeducation over on Instagram. Until next time, go make some strategic workflow magic.